Good morning, Boker Tov, and welcome back to our weekly 10 Minutes of Meaning. 10 Minutes of Learning, Mesilas Yisharim, the great work, Path of the Just by the Ramchal, and our ability to, with it, try to perfect ourselves. The Ramchal, working off a statement of Rav Pinchas ben Yair, offers a formula to self-growth, self-perfection, self-actualization, how to be the best version of ourselves. We began with Zihirus, mindfulness, conscientiousness, cautiousness, and then we move to Zerizus, alacrity, Nikias, how to conquer different temptations, distractions, areas of our life. And now we move over, we've just begun, the Midah of Precious, the quality of how to live without, how to rise above, how to not need. I want to thank our generous sponsors, dear friends, Lenny and Hani Grunstein, in memory of Hani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak. Thank you so much for your generosity and for your friendship. We began the Midah of Precious, which is translated often as abstinence. Abstinence suggests there's a virtue in living without, that somehow we're not supposed to be able to indulge or enjoy the pleasures, the benefits of this world. But that's not what this Midah is really all about. What the Midah is really all about is how to be disciplined, how to be sovereign, for our mind, for our brain to rule over our heart, to not be compulsive and impulsive in our behavior, in our actions, to not simply give in to every appetite, but to have the ability to be in control, the capacity to confront that desire, that temptation, and to be able to say no. Vizbona in Vitira, contemplate and see, he writes, There are three levels. There are things that are categorically prohibited. So there are foods we're not supposed to eat, things we're not supposed to say, places we shouldn't go, things we shouldn't look at. And rising above and being disciplined over them, saying no and rejecting that impulse is not a virtue. That's what's expected. That is what is correct. That's what's right. Number one. And the second level is the wisdom of our rabbis who placed offense around the things we're not supposed to be doing. I always give the example of a stop sign on a street corner. On the one hand, The whole goal of the stop sign is to prevent you from entering the intersection. It can be lethal, a head-on collision, if you go right into the intersection. But they don't put the stop sign right at the corner. The stop sign is, I don't know, 50 feet before the corner. Why? Because often, way too often, people will roll through the stop sign, and while they slow down or even stop, they do so after the stop sign. And if they would have done so after the stop sign on the corner, they'd find themselves perhaps a casualty in the middle of the intersection. So therefore, the traffic rules order that the stop sign is placed before the intersection. Well, the rabbis came along and they said, the intersection that can be spiritually lethal, where we would violate these prohibitions, is in the middle of the intersection. They came along and put a stop sign. A siag, offense, don't do this, it may lead to that. Be careful about this, therefore stop already over here. And then there's the third category. The third category are not things that are prohibited, they're not categorically wrong, nor are they institutions of the rabbis where they put the stop sign, the boundary, the border, and they said, stop here, don't roll in the middle of the intersection. God forbid it could be, you could be a casualty. The third category are things that, frankly, nothing even wrong eating a bag of corn chips, or spending time watching three football games in a row on a Sunday. Nowhere in Shulchan Aruch are you going to go up a sif which is going to say, Asr, prohibited. There is a certain amount of football you can watch, certain amount of handfuls of corn chips you can take. You're not going to find that. Happy birthday to somebody who loves corn muffins and corn chips today, my brother. So it doesn't say those are prohibited, and yet, and yet, 
A person who becomes disciplined, a person who's in control of themselves, will be able to hold back, will be able to withdraw. Not because it's not allowed, but because they want to be the best version of themselves. And the best version of oneself is not somebody who is engaged in compulsive behavior and can't stop. Even that which is permissible. Someone told me recently they find themselves addicted. There are these fail videos which will play on a loop. They'll bring one to the next to the next on different apps. If you start watching one, again, assuming there's nothing prohibited in that video itself, can't point to somewhere it says, that's wrong, it's us, it's prohibited. And yet, is it a good use of one's time? Anything that we do compulsively, anything that we find ourselves drawn to do, even though it violates our standards, our morality, what we want to be doing with our time, is something which is wrong. And that's what this is about. Precious is not just how do we withdraw, withhold from things that are wrong. It's not only how do we observe and honor where the rabbis put the stop sign, it's also the third category. You see, compulsiveness and impulsiveness is the beginning of the downfall of man, of mankind. How many great, brilliant, charismatic, smart, accomplished people, but they couldn't, they couldn't behave. They couldn't govern and regulate their own behavior, act compulsively and give in to urge. How many? And so the way to rise above it is to exercise the discipline muscle. We exercise the discipline muscle with that which matters most. Don't do things that are wrong. But the way to really grow and exercise the discipline muscle is to use it and to flex it even with that which you're allowed to have in order to prove that you could live without. That's what grows that muscle. I shared with you, I think, previously what we call Tainas Arayved, but I saw we just entered the period of Shovavim. Shovavim is from a Pasuk, Shuvu Banam Shovavim by the Navi, which our rabbis, the Arizal, in particular, great Kabbalist, applied to the Parshios, the Torah portions that we're reading. Shmozva Eira Bo B'Shalach Yisra Mishbatim is an acronym for Shovavim. Shuvu Banam Shovavim, return my children in these weeks, for these eight weeks, these Parshios, Sameh on Shumet Tetzava, Shovavim Tas. So these weeks, most people think, are a time that we focus on the Midas HaYesod, not to give in to the carnal urge, not to give in to what is the most overwhelming urge, as Freud said, the id, the ego, the desire for intimacy, for sexuality. And of course, this is a time, Shovavim, that we realign and recalibrate our moral standards, what we look at, what we think about, how we behave, how we dress. But I saw in a Sefer on Shovavim recently that there were many others also who emphasized in the period of Shovavim not only that aspect or area of life, but eating as well. And said for these eight weeks, for, for these parshios, Shovavim, Shuvu, the way that we exercise that muscle is leave over something on your plate every time you eat in these weeks. Ah, it's Baltashchis. How could I throw it out? How could I put it in the garbage? How could I waste? Putting it in your mouth is also putting it in the garbage. If you don't need it, if you're not hungry for it, if it doesn't have nutritional value, then your mouth is also a garbage disposal. If it doesn't belong there, just because you ate it doesn't mean you didn't waste it. You could waste it by eating it. And the more productive and useful value of it would be to not eat it, even if it means throwing it out. And that is within the laws of Baltashchis. So they say in these weeks of Shovavim, not only are we working on being disciplined in what we look about, in what we look at, and what we think about, and how we dress, and how we behave, and God forbid not act out, but it's also a time to grow that, that disciplined muscle, that precious in other areas, including in eating, leave something over. You don't have to finish every last bite. You don't have to lick the plate. Is there anything wrong? Food was kosher. You made a bracha before. You're going to make a bracha after. You share generously with others. There's nothing wrong technically. You can't point to anywhere that says what you did was wrong. And yet, we're trying to grow that disciplined muscle that says, I don't need it. It doesn't define me. I can live without it. 
I own the food, the food doesn't own me. I own the internet, the internet doesn't own me. I own the smartphone, the device, it doesn't own me. And in every other area of life. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? Some of you listening or watching right now are probably thinking to yourselves, do we not have enough prohibitions in the Torah? There is so much that governs what I can eat, when I can eat, how I eat, what I have to do before and after I eat. Now you got to tell me I can't even finish eating? I've got enough prohibitions. There's enough rules. What are you throwing in more? Our rabbi said to Yerushalmi Nadarim, Torah doesn't give you enough prohibitions. You're taking on more? There's a whole syndrome. Maybe that'll be in the next article. The Chumrah syndrome. The people constantly introducing stringencies. Upping the religious game. The holier-than-thou syndrome. So do we really need more? Do we have to take more upon ourselves? Is what we have not hard enough already? Our rabbis already placed their fence. They already moved the stop sign when they thought it was appropriate. And if they didn't, there's nothing wrong with it. So why are we adding prohibitions? Why are we adding further regulations? Why are we adding more of and furthermore? There's no end to this. And if you follow this route, I don't understand. Are we supposed to enjoy? What's really wrong with some football? What's wrong with finishing down to the last bite? What's wrong with enjoying life a little bit? Trying to deprive happiness? Can't we just live a little? So many rules. If we're operating within the rules, live and let live. What's with this attitude of precious? What is with this fourth quality? Live and let live. It's enough. Genuk shine. Our rabbis even go further and they say, you're going to have to pay when you get upstairs. And God says, you know, why didn't you try tasting my X, Y, or Z delicious food? And you'll say, well, I don't know. I'll say, it was perfectly permissible. It was mutter. It was delicious. It was healthy. You can make a bracha. And the Rabbanon apply a pasuk in Kohelos, Whatever my eyes requested, I did not withhold from them. God says, I gave it to you. I provided it for you for your enjoyment. Es mein Kind, eat my child, enjoy. So what are we adding all these restrictions? We'll pick up with this little cliffhanger this week. Got to make sure you come back next week. We'll pick up with the answer next week. Why are we endorsing this quality of precious that says don't only avoid that which is prohibited, but even practice discipline with that which is permissible? Why? Don't we have enough rules? What is that going to do for us? Why do we need to do it? Tune in next time. Same time next Wednesday, 8.15 a.m. Thank you again to the Grimsteins. Stay tuned on the same channel, 20 minutes, 8.45, Living with Emuna. We've got a great Living with Emuna topic, how we could see and feel Hashem in our lives daily. Subscribe on YouTube. Be notified about all of our shirim and learning opportunities. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.